Hello, and welcome once again to Kamalaya Podcast, episode number four. I'm Karina Stewart, the Chief Wellness Director and Co-Founder of Kamalaya Wellness Sanctuary and Holistic Spa in Thailand. First of all, thank you very much for listening. We receive lots of positive feedback from you, and we appreciate it. Thank you. We're trying to cover the topics that are most relevant and important to you, our listeners. And this podcast gives us a platform to share our knowledge with a much broader audience from around the world. I would love to hear more from you, so please, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us when you have any questions or feedback on any topics that we have covered so far or on any topics that you would like to have us cover. Either way, we'd love to have your um, feedback and suggestions. In today's podcast, we're going to be discussing the importance of leading a healthy and active lifestyle, something we all feel the need for, especially these times, and especially in this time where there has been so much uncertainty and perhaps our habits, our routines have been disrupted more than we would have liked. Joining me in this conversation today is Natalie Glebova, an author of multiple books on self-development, motivational coach, and a former Miss Universe. So welcome, Natalie. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you, Karina. It's my pleasure to be here and to chat to you about all of those subjects which are so near and dear to my heart, and I absolutely love talking about all of those. Wonderful. Really, really wonderful. Let's start. Would you mind? I mean, I introduced you very briefly. You and I first met more than a decade ago when you were a guest uh, at Kamalaya. And then more recently, again, we met up again and I think uh, had the opportunity to have a little bit more of a discussion um, not too long ago in the past year. But maybe you would like to share something about yourself, introduce you, yourself to the listeners in a different way than I might <laughs> just did. Sure, I would love to. Thank you for that opportunity. As you mentioned, I am an author. And my book, Healthy, Happy, Beautiful, my first book that I had written oh. right after I was Miss Universe. Oh. Yeah. So I was only a beginner in writing back then, but I really wanted to take the opportunity to tell my story of such a, from such a unique perspective. Mm. Being a Miss Universe obviously entails a lot of work and jet setting around the world. I visited over 20 countries in just one year. And having that kind of busy lifestyle and schedule, sometimes you would think, oh, yeah, you know, that's so wonderful and so amazing. Um, what a lucky girl. But it was the toughest year of my life mm. because in that year I went through a lot of emotional ups and downs. I felt lonely. I went through, I almost developed an eating disorder actually in that year because I couldn't handle my emotions and I was an emotional eater. Mm. So I was substituting my feeling of comfort and security and feeling of home I was substituting it with food mm. and so that I really wanted to take that time after my year to say how I managed to overcome all of these issues and all of these battles with my own you know own self yes, yes. <laughs> and so since then, I had been working in the entertainment industry. I was modeling and being a brand ambassador for many companies, doing photo shoots with amazing photographers around the world. And in 2018, so just three years ago, I decided to write a second book called I Am Winning. 
And that book is all about how every single person can be a winner. There's a winner inside every single one of us. And it's all about those small moments in life that make the life worth living, right? So I, I wrote it as an, it was an inspiration from my inside joke that we have with my husband, Dean. And we would always say to each other, babe, are we winning or what? And we would say those things on the simplest days when we're doing just the simplest things. Mm. And we're all together having, you know, watching a beautiful sunset, and drinking fresh coconuts, being in Kamalaya, for example, <laughs> right? And we'd be like, oh, we're winning, right? Yeah. Just like simple, simple things. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to tell people, hey, you can be a winner too if you just pay attention to those small things. Mm-hmm. And since then, I had written a bunch of other books, I think over 11 different books, but they're short ebooks that are available online okay. as ebooks. Yes. And I love writing. So I love writing. And based on my writing, I've also developed a few master classes. So Beautiful. I also do coaching. Beautiful. Beautiful. Isn't that amazing? You're following mm-hmm. your subjects of interest, your passion, and through your own journey, um, it's extending out and reaching others and touching others. Uh, in meaningful ways. That's that's beautiful. I want to ask you, Natalie, what does winning mean to you? That's such a big word, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember that um, reading many, many years ago that from the Greek culture, the Western culture emerged, basically, the European uh, Western culture. And it's the Greeks that were really, really focused on winning. Winning was everything you know the competition was important Mm. but it was the winning and whereas in many cultures in asia um the emphasis is on the process right it's actually on the debate on what's learned Mm -hmm. through the competitive spirit what's learned through the debate spirit and the winning is secondary so it's interesting Mm -hmm. it just as you mentioned that word it's such a big rich beautiful word that can have so many different meanings I'd love to hear what it means to you because the way you described it was very unique. Right. To me, personally, to me, winning means that I'm grateful of every moment Mm. or at least as many moments as possible. Mm. And I always say, if you want to be a winner for life, you need to win as many days as you possibly Mm. can. Mm. Right. So, and if you win the most days in a week, you'll, win that week if you win most weeks in a month you'll win that month and what i say by winning the week or winning the day is that you really feel like you had lived up to your potential you brought a sense of purpose to your day you know you were grateful you were kind you were generous you were grateful Mm -hmm. for the small little things and you know you did something that you also felt like you brought some pleasure into your life because if you're only just slaying one goal after another and you're forgetting about pleasure then i don't think you're winning much so in fact i made this little infographic that i posted on instagram not too long ago about seven ways to win the day Mm -hmm. and each one of the ways correlates to one of the chakras because i love chakras (laughs) (laughs) i know that you do too because you have um chakra course even yes. chakra healing course in kamalaya which That's i right. did and i loved beautiful and so you know things like the number one thing is like relating to your root chakra is go out in nature connect to the earth right yes that's yes. a wonderful way to win your day yes. then sacral chakra do something that brings you pleasure and joy so for me it would be like things like dancing and listening to music yeah. i can't have a winning day if I didn't have that. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes absolutely. Then moving, moving into the solar plexus chakra, it's about 
making some movement and exercise and doing something active and staying fit another way to win the day yes, yes, right yes. then when you go into the heart chakra it's more about kindness and generosity and opening your heart to others or maybe even doing some breath work and doing some conscious breathing then saying some kind things or singing out loud which would be your throat mm -hmm. chakra and then meditation mindfulness is relating to your third eye chakra and then of course just surrendering to the you know power of life yes. is would be connecting to your crown chakra so in all of these ways you can win the day and they're just simple little things and there you have it so mm -hmm. to me if i did all of those things i had a winning day and if yes. i can win most of my days that means i'm a winner in life <laughs> yeah. beautiful that's a beautiful beautiful definition and it it brings to my mind um that when we are including more of who we are and the best of who we are into our day and then extending that even in very minor small ways to others we start to live a, a more full spectrum life moment to moment day to day and uh, that's beautiful, beautiful. But that's what was being mm. stimulated. The thoughts. I love the way I love the way that you said that. You're right, and it's all about that energy flow, right? Exactly. The more you receive, the more you give, and Absolutely. the more you give, the more you receive. A hundred percent. Definitely, you know, saying kind things, giving compliments, mm -hmm. praise. Yes. You know, my husband and I, we have this thing where we just tell each other on a daily basis, oh, you're a great father. Thank you for being in my life. Yes. Oh, you're just such an amazing husband or wife, right? Yes. So even things like that, you're already, you feel like a winner just by extending those words of gratitude and words of encouragement and kindness towards other people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's important to notice the things that are happening in our life that are so beautiful that are so magical even if they're small like you said you know mm -hmm. just the details but it's it's about training ourselves to notice because from from the perspective of evolution we actually our brains are trained to notice what's wrong what's out of place mm -hmm. what could be a threat because it was part of our survival in the raw wild jungles or savannas or wherever it is we were evolving and all the many different places where nature where we were really really a part of nature and in contact and our survival depended on noticing what was out of place and mm -hmm. but in our contemporary life you know most of us are not living on that edge of our survival is a tiger around the bush that's going to jump and eat us. And so we have to create these habits of noticing the things that are good, noticing the things. And we voicing them, and actually saying right. it out loud. Absolutely. Remember, remember that throat chakra. Yes. Yes. It's not going to stabilize itself. No, absolutely. <laughs> Expressing it is really important. Thank you. You touched on it already about movement in the second ch chakra about pleasure and movement and dance and music. And then also in the third chakra with movement in a more focused way, in a more directional way with exercise. So the subject of our podcast today is movement is life. Movement is life. Well, everything in life is moving. Yes. Everything is constantly changing. Yes. There's always uh, some sort of movement happening with the energy and the seasons and the earth turning around, Absolutely. right? Like everything is, is in constant state of flux, right? Yes. So if we stay stagnant and if we don't incorporate that movement into our daily routine, then energetically, we're also being stagnant. Yes. And that energy doesn't have 
momentum to to keep moving right yes. along the the main chakra channel yes. the prana just gets a bit a bit stale yes yes <laughs> and so i really think it's important to no matter how you do it but incorporate some form of movement into your daily life if you want to have a winning day and so it could be so many different things whenever we talk about exercise immediately people might, might have the image of going to the gym and pumping some weights and running on a treadmill and this is just only one part of exercise you can do it in so many different ways and the key is to really find something that you enjoy and can stick to for the long term because you're not even going to feel like it's working out because it's part of your daily life my form of movement is yoga maybe three times a week Mm -hmm. then walking on the beach or in the city wherever i am in fact, here in Spain, for the last three weeks, we have been averaging about thirteen to 18,000 steps per day. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes. Which, is, which is great because I felt like, you know what? I am doing exercise. Yes. That's yes. perfectly fine. Yes. Um, movement, that is in, in, it, movement that is integrated into your life, into your daily rhythm. Right. Routine. Exactly. Exactly. And then I remember there was a time when it was a rainy season in Phuket, and I wasn't going to the beach as often. And for a few days, I wasn't exercising mm-hmm. or I wasn't doing any kind of movement. Even yoga, I don't know, for whatever reason, I think it was a lockdown or something happened. So all the yeah. yoga classes were suspended. And so I thought for a few days, I felt like, okay, maybe it's just a few days. But after a couple of days, I started noticing my energy levels were dropping. The endorphins were just not reaching to the brain. Absolutely. And I just wasn't the happy normal self mm-hmm. so i decided to implement some movement into my daily routine by doing it first thing in the morning so what i did was the moment my alarm rang rang at like 6 or six thirty, i can remember and i would grab my headphones and i would go directly to my pre-selected playlist of all the songs that i absolutely love mm-hmm. and give me you know Energy. really good vibes yes, yes. I, in fact i call that playlist winning vibes playlist uh-huh. <laughs> and the moment I heard that music, I flew out of bed and I started dancing for mm. just, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes. And that completely changed my day. Yeah. Just starting your day with that movement, yes. it doesn't matter. You could get up and do a bunch of push-ups or sit-ups, yes. or you can do like me and put on some music and dance Yes. or anything, anything at all, as long as you keep moving. I, I really resonate strongly. I'm aligned with the idea that Life is movement and change. Nothing is permanent and everything is in a constant state of flux and change and that involves movement. And when we're able to incorporate that, we're able to align with that, we're able to come in harmony with that particular principle in life, principle of nature, I think that our own life force is strengthened and expanded and supported. And in Chinese medicine, we really believe that. So exactly mm-hmm. what you were speaking about resonates deeply also for me from the traditional Chinese medical point of view. We talk about health is dependent on movement and you know, incorporating, um, whether it's Tai Chi or Qigong or walking or swimming or dancing or stretching, um, but it has to be part of our daily routine. In fact, 
a little bit of all of it is good. <laughs> you know, we don't have to narrow it down. Um, putting, you know, when I have to do anything around the house, cleaning, washing, I like to put music on that makes me feel exactly how you felt in the morning. You know, something that's energizing and uplifting. How, how related is movement to beauty, in your opinion, in your experience? I mean, beauty is something mm -hmm. that you have really been immersed in, um, you know, certainly becoming Miss Universe. There's a certain engagement with beauty in more classical, traditional ways. But maybe first I should ask you what beauty means to you and then what you feel the relationship between beauty and movement might be for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's go to the first question first. What does beauty mean to me? And besides the obvious what you would see in a beauty pageant i have to say that it's so much more beauty is so much more than that skin level and that outer exterior because the moment you get to meet and talk with and get to know the contestants every single one of them i keep getting blown away every time because i coach a lot of the contestants now as well i keep getting blown away by the depth of the ladies because in order for you to enter pageants, you not only need to have certain physical characteristics, although nowadays those standards are getting really stretched in all sorts of directions, as far as height requirements and weight requirements and, you know, everything, absolutely everything. And, you know, even gender nowadays because now we have some transgender contestants who are competing as well at Miss Universe level mm -hmm. which is amazing right so it is so much more than that outer exterior but it's also you need to have a purpose you need to have a passion and a reason for wanting to compete beyond that oh I just want to get a crown because every single contestant that I have spoken with and trained has ambitions beyond just wearing that crown for a year they want to say something. They want to inspire other women. They want to become role models. They want to get some sort of meaning in their life and do something that brings them that sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that beauty is all of the things that I just described, where you have that sense of purpose, you have a why, and you want to share it with other people. You want to leave some sort of mark or a legacy behind you mm -hmm. with something that whether it's an expertise, maybe it's an experience that you've had, or maybe it's some knowledge, whatever it is, but it's wanting to share with other people some kind of positive impact mm. in the world. Mm. And the second part of your question, how movement relates to beauty. Well, of course, besides the obvious, when you are stay when you're moving, you're staying in shape. But I think it's much more than that because when you have that really, really healthy energy flow, when your prana is flowing up and down unrestricted, you get this aura. Yes. And I don't know how else to describe it because it's something that we all can sense. It's not even something that we can see with the eyes because most of us don't read auras. And I'll be honest with you, I took an aura reading course and I still didn't see any auras. <laughs> I think it's something that must be really, really trained for many years or you must be born with a gift to see this, this aura. But 
I believe and I see that, that whenever a person is healthy on every level, physically, mentally, energetically, you can sense that aura of the person, yeah. right? Because it's, it's something, it's our sixth sense that will tell us, oh, this person is so beautiful. You can't, you can't tell what it is exactly, but you can just, you can't take your eyes off that person. You can't stop wanting to be with that person, yes. right? Yes. And so the moment you incorporate movement into your life, the energy flows much easier and then that aura glows. And some people might call it charisma, magnetism. Mm -hmm. Some people might call it charm, whatever it is. But it is that bioenergetic field that gives off that sense of well-being and health and beauty. Mm -hmm. And I really think that movements such an important part of beauty. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? I totally agree. And I resonate very, very much with the link in between um, movement, beauty, and health. I think movement brings about a, a lot, a greater and increased vitality. And I think movement also helps us produce more endorphins, which make us radiate a sense of well-being from the inside out. Um, I don't think we have to choose. Beauty can be both from the inside out and from the outside in. It's, it's, it's really a very personal choice how that unique combination of inner, uh, inner beauty radiating out and outer beauty radiating in and feeding us. I mean, I think it goes both ways and, and both are important. And what I mean by that is what we eat makes us healthier. As we're healthier, we glow, we're more vibrant and that creates beauty. The happier we are, the more fulfilled we feel, the more passionate we are about what we're engaged in, the more we radiate beauty. So it's, it's, it's huge. You know, when I spend time in nature, nobody can take the smile off my face. You know, I just, it's like, uh, I love being immersed in nature. And that in some ways you can say is an outside in because it's an environment being connected to nature, but it feeds me so deeply. Um, it's a it's a biofeedback loop. It goes back and forth. Um, and I think movement is one of the pillars of beauty myself. Um, uh, when when we expand beauty, uh, it's physical, but much broader than that. I still think movement is one of the key pillars for beauty. So I very much agree yes. with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yes, along with nutrition, of course, as yes. you mentioned, it's yes. so important. The food that we eat is going to give us that energy too. And I think that, I don't know if it's really true, but there have been some uh, some type of photography called Kirlian photography, where yes. they take objects and they try to capture the aura, the mm -hmm. energetic field around it. And if you take a picture like this, I don't know if it's really true. I read some studies that says that, yes, it is true. And some studies that say, no, it's not true. It's a hoax. So I, I don't really know what is the case. But it would make sense to me that cooked vegetable versus uh, raw vegetable, you know, the raw vegetable would have more energy mm -hmm. to give, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, and so it shows a cooked tomato versus a raw tomato and the bioenergetic feel of the raw tomato is much greater. Yeah. So it would logically make sense to me that if we eat a lot of raw fruits and vegetables, that we're also eating a lot of that energy, which in turn gives us that glow and that, that energy. Yes, yes, I think that's true. I do think in traditional Chinese medicine, we have a, a balance that we have to achieve between um, raw versus cooked insofar as the cooking process makes different nutrients much more bioavailable um, and absorbable. Mm -hmm. 
And that really has a lot to do with each person's digestive system, how strong their digestive fire is, meaning, you know, how many enzymes do you naturally produce? And that depends on your constitution and on age. So I think everybody has a unique balance of how much raw versus how much cooked is the right balance. But in principle, from an energetic point of view, I completely agree with what you said, completely. Mm -hmm. But like tomatoes, interesting, because like the um, lycopene in vegetables is much more bioavailable in tomato sauce versus the raw mm, tomato. True, but, true, true. You know, but, but, but in science, it's interesting because you have the com- you, you, you can look at food from the biochemistry, purely the biochemistry, but you can also look at food from the bioenergetic, which is what you're bringing up, where you measure more the right. energetic frequency and vibration of foods, which we do in traditional Chinese medicine. We talk about foods being cold or cool or warm or hot, and those are energy properties, and we use the food accordingly so it's a it's a big Mm -hmm. subject maybe we'll go deeper into that on another time but it's an important subject it's an important before we get to some of the other questions one last thing you know women and beauty um it's such a complex uh subject and it's a complex relationship that women have with beauty and the acceptance of their own unique beauty, as opposed to women pursuing a particular ideal, an ideal in their family context or an ideal in a cultural context or an ideal in a media context, etc. Um, and and of course, the anxiety uh, about their appearance that so many women have. And I, I, I suppose I would love to hear how you have Um, worked with yourself in meaningful ways or with others, with some of the women you coach to help them really embrace their own unique beauty. As you mentioned earlier, the the definition of beauty has just really is expanding beautifully, importantly, and in necessary ways. And that's so freeing. Um, and, and, And I still, of course, am aware that that doesn't mean that all of a sudden all women are comfortable with their appearance um, and that all the anxieties about their beauty or lack of beauty or their appearance have gone away. So I'm curious how you work with it for yourself and how you have helped others with this particular. I have struggled myself in the past, especially in my teenage years with standards of beauty and accepting myself with all of my imperfections and flaws. Um, and if some viewers are listening or some audience are listening right now and thinking, oh, what kind of flaws could Miss Universe have? Well, believe me, a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would be surprised. And you would read in my book, I wrote about it in detail, that when I was a teenager, I went through an extremely awkward phase. <laughs> you know, one of those phases where you're just like, what is happening to me right now? Mm-hmm. And I absolutely hated what I saw in the mirror. I had glasses. I had frizzy hair, I had pimples, I had crooked teeth that required braces. Uh, you know, I, I don't like to talk about it a lot, but I even had like a peach fuzz mustache, <laughs> which which was like, my mom wouldn't let me wax my upper lip. And I, I just walked around with a little peach fuzz mustache <laughs> for about five years from 13 to 17 hmm. uh, until I finally decided to, to wax it. But uh, I really felt like a mess, really. And it took me a long time to 
understand, first of all, how to groom myself and how to find the things, the beauty regimes and regimens that are necessary to look presentable and be okay with certain imperfections. Like, okay, you know, I have a lot of hair and I have a lot of hair on my body as well. And, you know, I got teased when I was a kid. Why do I have so much hair on my arms? Mm. Right. Mm. And so it took me a while to, first of all, understand what needs to be done in order to get rid of that hair (laughs) because Mm. no one in my family could give me a suggestion, but also how to come to terms with the fact that there's certain things that I cannot change. Mm And the things that cannot be changed, you need to learn to accept them and say, you know what, that is part of what makes me, me. And that's still okay. Mm -hmm. Because you can focus on the negative parts and the imperfections and really see only that. Or you can focus on the good parts and then say the other things that cannot be changed, the imperfections, they're just part of making me my special, unique look yes yes. right and and the other thing that i teach my students is i tell them stop focusing so much on your looks as your main value Mm -hmm. because your looks everyone's looks are going to fade eventually we're all heading down the same Mm -hmm. path we're going in the same direction where gravity is going to take hold and bring everything down the wrinkles will come and no matter how much botox or whatever you do it's just you're never going to retain that youthful appearance And so if you place so much value, your own self-value on your looks, you're going to have a very hard life and you're going to be disappointed as you get older. So instead, try to find value in yourself in things other than your appearance, in things that, you know, make you a wonderful human being, right? And things, your qualities and your talents and your compassion and your kindness. There's so much beauty other than looks the physical looks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so the moment you start focusing on those things like saying for instance i teach how to say affirmations to yourself and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying things what do i like about myself right what do i like about myself other than my looks and making a list you know i ever since i was a kid i was a big time journaler i love to sit down with my journal and just write things down and i would write down lists about things that i like about myself Mm -hmm. right the way that I'm a good daughter mm. or the way that I, I play the piano and I'm really good at it. Mm. The way that I'm such a good friend and I'm kind Beautiful. and I always reach out whenever my friends need me. Beautiful. So the more I started to place that importance on qualities other than looks, the more I started to fall in love with myself. Mm. And everything on the outside pretty much can be fixed or improved with the right techniques and the right mm you know, aesthetician, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of those things can be, and the makeup, right? The makeup, the hair, mm-hmm. all of that stuff, you can always put on top. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but the inner qualities, they're the things that really make up the core of your being, Yes. the core of your personality. And that's what you should be falling in love with mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And then the other things that I always tell my clients is that come up with the ideal version of yourself, sort of like, design this ideal role model that is you in the ideal sense of you and then do three things every day that make you live up to that ideal person of yourself so just three things and that's why in the morning 
I will wake up in the morning, I'll listen to my affirmations, I'll put on the music, I'll dance, I'll take a cold shower, and I'll make my bed. Because those are the things that my ideal self would do. This is what ideal Natalie does every morning. So I better make sure that I do those things if I want to become her. And the more you keep doing that, the more you start developing your confidence and that real self-love. Because when you invest that time in yourself and you align everything that you think, say, and do, you start falling in love with yourself on a daily basis. So for all of the women uh, that have, that feel not attractive or are going through something, I always say, just focus on things other than your looks. And then the looks, that's secondary. That you can always find, go on YouTube and find a solution for anything that you feel you don't have uh, under control. But really work on those inner qualities yes Yes. beautiful beautiful i'm so in agreement and in alignment um with that profoundly as you know at kamalaya we we inspire and and motivate and empower people to become better versions of themselves from the inside out you know and it's really about helping people and supporting people on that journey and i completely resonate with with that message you know that it the uh, the appearance of beauty is is something that we all value we all get you know you go to a museum and you see a beautiful art object and you see a beautiful garden in nature and you see a beautiful child and you can see a beautiful man or woman uh elderly grandparent or a little toddler i mean beauty's all around and it's it's fantastic it feeds our soul however to give too much emphasis to one's own physical beauty, which is a fading thing. It is absolutely impermanent. And not to put it in the context of the many other qualities that actually um, convey who we are and give us a rich life throughout our life where we can continue to grow and evolve as opposed to beauty, which tends to fade, that that type of external beauty tends to fade over time. The inner radiance, the inner beauty doesn't. You love writing and journaling and, and look where it has led you. You've written books. You're a terrific communicator. You're coaching other people, other women, and helping them to also um, come on their own unique journey, you know, with the, with the things that you've developed because you developed your character, because you developed who you are in other aspects. You're, you're absolutely beautiful in every sense of the word in the, in the classical ways, but you also have this other beauty because you've developed your kindness and your intelligence and your, um, compassion and wanting to help and touch others. So I really, to me, that's the essence of what Kamala is about is, develop your full potential, (laughs) you know, be the (laughs) biggest version and the best version of yourself that you can imagine, you know? Um, That's right. And and not just think about it and talk about it, but do it, it. follow it up with actions, right? It's, this is the the difference really between confident and not confident people is the confident people, not just talk about it. Mm -hmm. They don't just think about it. They do it. Mm -hmm. They just get up and do it. And, it's in a daily work. It's consistency. It's putting in the, the time and the effort in taking those action steps to become that ideal version of yourself. So who is the ideal version of you who is listening right now? What is the ideal version of you doing in the morning? What are they thinking about? What are their habits? What are their daily activities? 
And then once you write those things down, get up and do it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And leave it open. Leave it open for the unknown. Sure. That is part of the whole surrender process yes. that I was talking about in the beginning, isn't it? Yes. Surrendering to the flow of life is so, so important. Yes. And to what, and you know, we have some ideal version of ourselves that we want to move towards. You know, if I want to write a book, my book, if I have a project, a home decoration project, whatever it is, but also leaving that possibility open that as I move towards that, it can continue to grow beyond what I thought it could be. I'm sure you couldn't envision everything that has come into your life. And likewise, I cannot even begin to say how much more Kamalaya has turned out to be than what we originally envisioned and intended. It's because it's alive, you know, and as you're going on that journey, um, that's part of the movement is life. It's that growth and that change and that evolution um, through the life journey. I wanted to ask you, um, now bringing it in a little tighter, the whole subject, which is, um, you know that Bangkok is having some pretty strong lockdowns um, and you know that other parts of the world are also now in, you know, with a Delta variant, Indonesia, um, Australia, and, and, and the lockdowns are happening in some parts of the world again. So. I think I wanted to ask you, how did you, through what we've all gone through um, in lockdowns and the pandemic, how how did you stay active? And do you have any advice or recommendation for people who are you know, who are in these difficult the lockdowns? No matter which way we slice it, there are some great opportunities there, but it is challenging. So, mm-hmm. any advice, any suggestions of things that were particularly helpful to you? Yes, for me. Of course, we were in a quite a lucky situation because we have the beach right there. So even throughout all of the lockdowns that we've had in Phuket, we were able to go swimming and walk on the beach, yeah. which <laughs> thank yeah. you, universe, for yeah. that. Yeah. Because I definitely think that mentally it has helped me to get through the hardest part of yes. COVID-19 crisis so far. Um, however, for those people who are locked down in their apartments and they don't have access to parks or nature, I think it's really important to create a routine because our minds, they work really well when there's a routine. Yes. And when, when we know what to expect and we know what to do, we feel happier, we feel more stable, we feel more secure yes. because that routine helps as get through the challenging time. So having a routine and saying to yourself, okay, I'll wake up in the morning. What am I going to do? So create that morning routine before you pick up your phone, by the way, (laughs) because once you get that phone, you're going, you're lost already. You're in the matrix. You are out there (laughs) giving your energy away to other people. So focus the first, I would say half an hour to an hour to yourself and make yourself that routine and really dedicate that first half an hour to an hour to some sort of obviously to yourself you can do things like meditation affirmations the cold shower whatever it is that i do but you can also do some dancing you can do some youtube videos i mean we're so lucky to be living in a time in in history that all kinds of exercises are available at our fingertips and our phones and our computers and we can just type it onto YouTube or anywhere that you have subscription to, for example, any type of yoga, any type of 
Tai Chi or Qigong mm-hmm. or Pilates, you know, floor Pilates, high, Pilates yep. high intensity interval training. And you can find all varieties, all lengths, all intensity levels yes. from different types of trainers. Yes. So don't forget that you have this incredible capacity and ability to to do that and so go online find a a youtube video that you enjoy doing and just do it for 20 to 30 minutes it doesn't have to take an hour or two hours i think 20 to 30 minutes is plenty in fact when i was competing for miss universe and getting ready for miss universe i exercised only 20 minutes per day Mm -hmm. only 20 minutes to get in the best shape of my life, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't have to be one of those incredibly heavy, hardcore CrossFit exercises with tires and, <laughs> you know, ropes and whatever yeah. they use in those yeah. CrossFit gyms. You can just use body weight yes. and furniture that you have in your room. In fact, when we were at Miss Universe, we had to use furniture in our room because we didn't have time to go to the gym. So yeah. I would use the edge of the bed to do some tricep dips and lunges on the, you know, elevated lunges on like a sofa yes. or crunches on the floor, right? Yes. And lunges yes. down the hallway, yes. things yes. like that. So, yes. 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 <laughs> so there's always opportunities and don't let a lockdown to be an excuse for you not to do mm. some sort of mm. physical exercise mm. and fitness because it is still possible And you probably would have more time for it too, because if you're locked down, you're not going out to meet friends and going out for dinners and lunches. You're not going to the office. You're not wasting time commuting. So take that time, make it a routine, make it a habit, make it a non-negotiable sort of uh, activity that, you know, the ideal self, your ideal self would be doing every single day. Mm. Write it down on a piece of paper, stick it on your ceiling. That's mm-hmm. the first thing you see mm-hmm. in the morning, mm-hmm. right? As a motivation. And just get up and do it. Put on the, that music that's going to pump you up and make you want to move. Yes. <laughs> I think you really um, touched on that subject. Something that makes you want to move. Choosing something that you really enjoy rather than just do, doing something that you think is the right thing to do. So finding what you enjoy, I think, is really critical. Otherwise, you're going to be fighting that battle every single day sure. with yourself. And the other thing that I really agree also very much um, that that is often a challenge for many of us is that routine, that structure, right? So we've been used to having a structure outside of lockdown. But all of a sudden, in this new environment, in this new world, it's really about creating a new structure that becomes routine, that becomes a habit so that we don't have to every day use our willpower because it's so draining right. to use willpower to get through your day, right? It has to be. I don't believe in willpower. Yeah, it's I, I don't. Yes. Yeah. At some point, no matter how strong your willpower, you will break. Yes. Everyone. Yes. Everyone. And, and so in kind of addition to what we're saying, I also wanted to share a helpful tip that helped me mm. set up a morning routine where I used to kind of think to myself, oh, I'm not disciplined enough to meditate every morning. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying that to myself until, uh, be- well, because I, I, I'm such a rebel, Karina, <laughs> you have no idea. Because if somebody tells me do something, I'm going to say, wait a minute. No, I'm not going to do something because you tell me. And even if I tell myself, you have to wake up and do this thing in the morning first thing. 
I will tell, says who? Yeah. You're telling me? <laughs> I, I'm talking to myself. Who is telling me that I have to do something? I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> to I think, my own self. I think you live inside my head too, <laughs> Natalie. <laughs> I think most people are like that. But what changed for me is that instead of saying I have to do something, I started changing the dialogue in my mind, my internal dialogue, to saying I choose to do something. Mm-hmm. Or even more, I say, I get to do something. Mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to wake up and do this. Mm-hmm. And I choose to do it because yeah, what's the other alternative? The other alternative is not do it and then feel really bad about myself and feel like, oh, I failed again yes. and I'm not disciplined enough. But instead I say, you know what? I have a choice here. So what do I choose? Because in this way, you feel like you have freedom yes, to choose. Yes, yes, right? yes. You, and, and you don't rebel. Really you don't rebel yeah, against yourself. You don't rebel against yourself. You have no one to rebel against. Yeah. So you're like, oh, it's my choice. <laughs> so that was a game changer in the way that I established my morning routine. This helped me so, so, so much. Mm-hmm. I choose to do. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, one thing I wanted to add when you were talking about all the different options through YouTube that you can bring right into your home, any kind of fitness that uh, is now available and it's online for all of us. Um, with, when I was locked down here in Arizona for eight months and I couldn't get back into Thailand, um, and John was at Kamalaya in Thailand. So, um, at that time, a friend of mine here in Arizona, we were talking on the phone and he was an older gentleman and he said, you know, my son's recommended this rowing machine. Maybe you're interested because I couldn't hike. I had strained my ankle and so I couldn't go and hike. I was really limited and it was like, oh, And so I went online and I looked at it and I made an investment of $200 for a rowing machine that's in my living room to this day in Arizona. And it is such a game changer. It did not cost a lot. I mean, given what the cost of fitness equipment normally is, it's nothing. It's heavy. It was good quality. It sits there. I can put it away very easily. It stands up in a closet. But Oh my gosh, that was the best investment in a piece of equipment as well because I had the cardio. For me, the cardio is really important because that gets everything flowing. I love yoga. I love Qigong. I love deep relaxation. But the cardio, you know, the hiking or swimming or bicycling, uh, I was really missing. And um, and that was really, I, I, I was really surprised at how much five, 10 minutes on the rowing machine, what it did for me and how good it felt because it was through the whole body. did you first find Kamalaya and and how has it had an impact on you in 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 relation to some of these topics we're covering is there anything you want to share a f- well a, f- a friend a friend of mine uh Nina who I'm sure you know yes she was always t- telling me about what a great place you must go to Kamalaya it's a piece of heaven you must go there so she invited me there back then uh, more than a decade ago and it really is a piece of heaven. Mm-hmm. I just loved the holistic approach and you know how everything is integrated into nature there and the programs that you have and the food. Everything is absolutely amazing. I just felt amazing after being there for just a few days and eating the delicious food which you had created, all the menu, right? With our <laughs> chef. Yes, yes. With our chef. I have the knowledge of... Yes food as medicine and how to use food to really um, 
heal and bring our vitality you know to optimum levels and and food is such a powerful tool so i work with the chefs but they're the master creators they're the experts you know of creating the cuisine. right mm-hmm. well I, but you can see that karina is in there you, <laughs> you have you. the touch of karina in every dish <laughs> that's uh, and every time I, I eat there i always think wow what an amazing combination of flavors and foods together that come together to really nourish the body, Mm. right? Mm. So that's really important. And I haven't been back to Kamalaya until just this past year when I was looking for a retreat. And I do these retreats by myself normally uh, about once every six months at least, Mm -hmm. because I believe it's such an important part of your overall wellness to get away from everyone and from the comfort of your home and from the comfort of being around your family and just be alone with your thoughts. Mm. So I bring my journals, Mm. I bring my books, my podcasts that I want to listen to, and I just get away somewhere where I can learn to meditate or do yoga every day. And so when I was looking for retreats, I thought, why not Kamalaya? I had such a wonderful experience last time and I decided to come back and thank you so much to your wonderful staff and your team who welcomed me. I actually brought a friend along with me this time oh, because, you know, she, she was asking me, she's a mom as well. And she said, I need to get away. Yes. And, you know, as moms, we carry so much responsibility and we play so many different roles that sometimes you just need to drop everything yes. and come back to you. Absolutely. And we had a really fantastic time wonderful. together wonderful. at Kamalaya. You brought up the subject of food and nutrition, and I I suppose I would love to ask you if there are any foods in particular or any specific supplements nutritionally or Mm -hmm. or supplement-wise that you feel um, are particularly helpful in keeping your, you know, ideal weight, your your energy levels, your feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, your best. Right. As far as food, I find that the food combination is really, really the key for me in order to have my digestive system work at an optimal level and give me the most energy. So I find that, first of all, combining starches and proteins from meat is an absolute no-no for me. The moment I combine these two together, I don't know what happens to my digestion, but it just sits there like a rock and I cannot process it. So if I'm not a vegetarian, but I do eat mostly plant-based, but if I do decide to eat some sort of meat, and normally that would be chicken or turkey or some sort of poultry, I don't really eat red meat that much, or seafood, for example, I will just stick to that meat or seafood separately from the starches, things like potatoes, and rice and pasta. So I find that separating those two things really helps me to digest and, you know, have the the food just, I don't know, assimilate somehow yes, better. Yes, yes. And the other thing that I learned also through Ayurvedic medicine, I, I went to an Ayurvedic doctor in Bangkok, and she told me that certain fruits should not be eaten in combination with other fruits. Mm -hmm. So for example, watermelon, which I used to eat every morning 
a slice of bread with some kind of hazelnut or almond butter and watermelon. And then I realized that watermelon does not digest well at all Mm -hmm. in combination with anything. Mm -hmm. So I started to separate melons, any like green melon, cantaloupe and watermelon completely separately. Mm -hmm. Then I went further and in the morning, now I don't combine any fruit with other food at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or in general, I try not to. So if I'm going to eat any fruit, I leave at least half an hour to an hour between mm-hmm. other meals. Mm-hmm. So I'll eat a piece of fruit, let it digest, and then I can have the other food. Mm-hmm. And because have- I find that, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you eat something and then you eat fruit on top of that, the fruit doesn't digest mm-hmm. and it just sits there and creates mm-hmm. like a heavy rock feeling yes. in your stomach. Interesting. Did she tell you what constitutional type you are? Yes, I'm a... Uh, Pita vata type. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and that's interesting. The, the, the fruit is very cold energy in Chinese medicine. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it, certain people can digest it well, but most people, kaphas and vatas have a hard time, harder time. Ah, I see. So it depends again. On, yes, exactly. Because yes. I see people who can completely eat meat and other things and they're fine. But yes. also for me, I know I cannot digest meat that well unless yes. it's on its own. Yes. And yes, 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 you have found what works for you. Is there anything, kind of wrapping up a little bit now, any advice, any specific advice for people how, you know, as we're closing on, it could be anything. It's midsummer, you know, how to make the most of their summer, how to be, you know, uh, more comfortable in themselves um how to be more fit anything that you would like to share as we're closing here because in my book healthy happy beautiful i talk about the combination of mindfulness nutrition and fitness and we touched a lot on fitness and nutrition let's touch upon mindfulness a little bit as well because that is kind of what makes a person healthy happy Mm. and beautiful Mm. right Mm. that's inner peace that glow that only a calm and peaceful, mindful presence can bring to you, mm-hmm. to your life. So I would like to recommend, even if you don't have time to meditate, or even if you feel like you're not good at that, to sit down for five to 10 minutes to just meditate, because some people don't know how to meditate. Mm-hmm. It takes time, actually, to develop that skill. Bring mindfulness into your daily routine, into your daily lifestyle and by that i mean whenever you are doing things mundane things like brushing your teeth or washing your hands or washing dishes or waiting for the bus or driving or whatever it may be just notice your breathing and notice that you have senses this is the only thing that you really can should do to bring more mindfulness mindfulness into your day by recognizing that you have breath that you are breathing, noticing the pace and rhythm of it by recognizing that you have a sense of hearing and sight and smell and taste, right? So the moment you bring awareness to your breath and your body, you're automatically bringing yourself into the present moment. And that's where all the magic happens. That's where all life unfolds. And that's when we really step into our true authenticity and into our true power Mm -hmm. in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be that you have to spend you know, half an hour on the floor in a lotus pose, 
doing some sort of, you know, intricate or very special meditation style. You can simply just observe yourself throughout the day, catching yourself in moments of presence by bringing attention to your breath and your body, or even bringing attention to your thoughts. Like, oh, I just had that thought. That's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And you could say, oh, that was a thought that is not helpful to me. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can reframe that next time I have this thought. Mm-hmm. Or noticing moments of beauty around you, right? That's mindfulness as well. And bringing gratitude, a sense of gratitude into your experience. So in this way, you can make mindfulness not a difficult thing that you have to spend extra time on. It's just adding it on into your lifestyle that you are already doing and it's just going to make a whole lot of a difference Mm -hmm. for your internal and external beauty Mm -hmm. beautiful (laughs) beautiful it reminds me of one of my favorite um, meditation teachers Um, his name is Mingyur Rinpoche a Tibetan uh, Buddhist Rinpoche and he likes to encourage people to meditate five minutes a day and to increase that from once a day to twice a day to three times a day to four times a day, slowly, slowly increasing over time because anybody can set aside five minutes to slow down, to take deep breaths and relax, and then to notice. Notice their senses, notice their breathing. If their eyes are open, notice what they're seeing, but to observe the observer. And, uh, and by doing that, their practice of mindfulness leading into meditation grows very organically because all of us can do five minutes, right? And when you were describing your recommendation, it really brought that that back because five minutes and you increase that. And before you know it, it's really, you're resetting yourself. You're bringing yourself fully into the present moment, all of you and the observer and the person with the highest consciousness is there with you. Rather than we get so absorbed, the observer is gone. You know, I am what I'm doing as opposed to I'm here and I'm engaged. So uh, I love that. I love that. Really beautiful. Thank you so much, Natalie. I really want to say it's it's been a pleasure to hear about your journey and the jewels that you have, you know, cultivated and gathered from that and how you're sharing that with others. And I hope, um, I'm sure actually, I don't have to hope, I'm sure that our listeners will, uh, will find helpful, inspiring pointers on their way. And if they want to contact you further, um, your website is uh, www. Certainly, it's just, yeah, natalieglibova.com. Yes. And by the same name, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and mm-hmm. everywhere. Wonderful. That social media is happening. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. Really, truly, thank you for your time, Natalie. It's been a pleasure.